So welcome everyone to another episode of Optimal Health for Busy Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Julian Hayes II, and today I have with me professional athlete, YouTube star, all-around inspiring individual, Hella Bay, better known on the interwebs now as Hella Good. How's it going, Thank you man? Thank Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm looking forward to this. You know, I had to... Uh, I had to get a tough workout in before I got on this call <laughs> just because, you know, you, you're the guy who, uh, who really pushes the boundaries when it comes to training. So I'm looking forward to talking Thank about you. that. I appreciate your kind words. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. So let's, before we start with the present here, let's go to the past a little bit. And um, I love mm -hmm. to ask this question about people. So what are one to two lessons from childhood that has shaped you into who you are today? Um, as, as one or two things from childhood, just do your best. Mm -hmm. Just do your best. Um, because sometimes when you're kids, um, some kids are exceptionally ahead of you based on what they're doing, based on what society sees as is. So you always tend to think, oh, I'm, I'm not advanced. I'm not this. But you just have to focus on yourself and do your best because we tend to focus on other people. So those are one of the lessons that I, I've learned um, from my childhood. Just do your best um, and just focus on yourself. I like that. Simple and concise. Yeah. You know, it's a very basic lesson, but it's harder to It's really act, hard. To yes, it really is. It, yeah. Yes. So, um so I was looking looking over your stuff and uh I saw you just turned 30 recently. Uh -huh. So, welcome to the club. Uh-huh. You know. You know? <laughs> and the concept of aging and growing up. And so what made you um record that episode? Yeah, because you know what? Growing up, there's always this stigma about being 30. People, you hear about, oh, the 30, the three-year-old, oh, you're getting old now. Oh, um, your back is going to start to hurt a little bit. I, I remember my birthday, um, I got a few text messages, and some of them were saying, oh, be careful now. You're not going to have that speed you have, or your, your, your back is going to... So I feel like it's just a misconception, and it's the mentality that people believe. And if you believe it, that's how it's going to be. So I've made an episode on podcast to let people know it's a, it's a blessing to age and we're afraid of getting older because we're like, Oh, we're getting older. We're not young anymore. We're scared about the way we're going to look physically or feel. I think that's all state of mind. And if you can just do your best and focus on yourself, you'll be fine. And you don't have to worry about all these things that come with the older age. And the beautiful part about aging is you're living longer. You're adding another year to your life. You get to live a little longer to see those you love around you. And we're making it a thing. Oh, I don't want to age. I don't want to age. Well, if you don't want to age, that means you want to die because you're not going to live forever. You're going to age or you're, you're gone. You're not going to stay one age. So it's either you exist or you don't exist. So if you look at it, it's a good thing. Um, you get to see your parents grow or you can see your kids, your grandparents, your grandkids. So you want to age. age. Aging is, and I want to change the, the narrative about getting older is a bad thing. It's a great thing. It really I like is. I love that. And, you know, one of the big premises here, you know, that I always preach about is that, to a certain extent, chronological age is irrelevant, and it's really all uh -huh. about biological aging. Biological age, yeah. And how you're taking care of your body. So yes, I love to hear that. You know, and plus, with uh -huh. you know, thirty, I, I'm just a shade over thirty, just a few years over thirty, yeah. and I, I'm moving better and feeling better than I did right now than I did at yeah. 25, even when yeah. I was still active, because I'm so uh -huh. much smarter, and you get wisdom. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then people look at me and they don't, they're like, what? I thought you were like 23, 24, 25. I'm like, well, that's when I, you know, I'll take that too. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you know you're doing something right. Exactly. So yeah, man, let's, how did you get to where you are today? So let's start, let's start in the past and yeah. 
take me take me on a quick journey of how you got to where you are today. Uh, so I grew up in West Africa, Mali. Uh, was born and raised there. Came to the United States '98, um, just for one year, '98 to '99. My my parents, my dad actually was here since '95 to do his doctorate degree, and my mother came '97 to join him to do her master's. So my little brother was the youngest at the time, so he came with my mom. So my sister and I were older, so we were left behind. We weren't really old. I was like six, turning seven. My little brother was four, and my sister was um, almost two years older than me. So we were left behind with my mom's sister to raise us. So um, unfortunately, she passed away within a year. So we were left alone. So they did their best to get us visa to come to the U.S. So we came in 98 to 99. So it was like the last year my parents were finished, finishing their doctorate degrees and master's degree. So after that, the rules are when you finish, you got to get, get out of the country, move back because you just came here for school. So I was only in the U.S. for a year. So we all moved back. Um, and I learned English in that year time uh, very well. I um, was speaking English well. And then 2003, my mom got a full, um, 2002, she got a full bright scholarship to come back to the U.S. to do her PhD. And then about two years later, um, my sister and I and brothers, we came here so we can continue our education. So we've been here since then, but we visit often as much as we can um, when we're able to. So went to high school here, went to college here, played Division One, got my foot in the professional ranks for soccer as well, um, and just... If you were to ask me, I just wanted to be a professional soccer player. Um, goals were to play for big clubs like Chelsea and Europe. That was my dream. And things weren't going my way. And some of them were completely out of my control. There's so many issues. There was visa issues. There was all these things that I'm, I was focusing on and working. But um, I got to a point I got tired of making excuses. And I used to fit, uh, point fingers, literally. And then some of them were valid. If you look at it, say, yeah, hell, you have a good point. But that was not even good excuse because... I didn't focus on what I could do. So um, I got to this part in life. You know, everybody has this little moment when you're like, you know what, it's time to snap out of it. And I had that moment, that realization. And now that I think about it, I think going plant-based has helped me um, do that because I became vegan. And I feel like putting, putting in animals in your body, the stress, the, the, the stuff that they go through, the fear when they're getting killed. I think that toxin kind of like, was probably like clogging my brain to think clearly for myself. That's what I believe personally. And I think that really helped me come to the realization of what are you going to do with your life now? What are you going to do now to, to step up to the plate? What are you going to do that you're afraid of um, to, to not be afraid of anymore? And then running was the first thing that came to my head. Um, first, running was one of the things that, that I, I hated because it was a pun form of punishment for us playing soccer. You do something wrong, get on the line. You're doing sprints for days. Sometimes you show up to practice for almost three hours. You don't even see the ball. The coach is making you run. Um, so I love playing the game. I can play 90 minutes, no problem. But when it came to fitness, I just hated it mentally. It, it, it drained me and I didn't do well with it because I was just so afraid of the pain that it came with it instead of just accepting it and doing my best. So, um, I wanted to have a soccer body, you know, your off season, you look fit, you look great. And I was like, how can I maintain that? I said, well, the only way to do that, hell, if you're not playing on the team is to run and you hate running. So let's try running. Let's, um, go for two weeks, just 10 minutes a day. No pressure. It doesn't matter how slow you go or how many miles you cover. Just run for 10 minutes. And within a week, literally fell in love with it because there was zero pressure. And I did something that was attainable. And, uh, and now fast forward to 1,304 consecutive days. We're still going. So well over three years, going on to year four. Wow. That's a lot yeah. of days. Yeah. That's a lot of days. It goes quick. It does go quick. It feels like it, it went quicker Yeah. Than it, it sounds. 
So to me, it sounds like a big part of like, like your soccer ordeal was uh-huh. a big was a big part in shaping you who you are today in terms 100%, of your percent in terms 100%. of your mindset. And so, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, um, you, you. You always have that athlete mind. Um, no matter what, you have that like you know what I got to grind it out kind of thing. That definitely helps with the running. Because some days it's just tough. You just got to grind it out. And then also with the you know some of the setbacks that things weren't in your control yeah. with the soccer. And mm-hmm. kind of apply that to life right now for yeah. a lot of people. So um, when you had to, did you have a letdown in and, like a and gap? soccer? Like right after you knew soccer wasn't going to happen. And then you had to figure out what was the yeah. next step. How was that? It, it, was, it was more like, what do I, I feel like I, in the back of my head, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be something. And I used to say this, um, not to sound uh, arrogant or cocky, I just say, I have the name Hella. Hella is supposed to be something. You never hear anyone with the name Hella. I said, my name has to be out there somehow. I don't know what it is. That was always in the back of my head. I've never met anyone in my life named Hella. I was the first one to be named Hella in our whole village. And a whole, like my grandfather was Hella. I was the first one named after him. Usually all the guys have the same name. But um, I was like, I was giving this name for a reason. Um, you don't, people didn't even believe Hella was my name. I have to show them my ID. Yes, it's my birth, it's my birth name. So I was like, there's something that I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what it is. And then, I, and then I was hoping it was a service to people. I didn't want anything. I wanted to do something that I could be a service to people. And I didn't know what it was. And I was just going one day at a time kind of mentality. And then just, and then the whole, it's weird how the running happened. Because I could have never imagined. Never could have imagined. And I have to give a huge credit to my girl who uh, convinced me to put, put a YouTube video about it, Day 163. That's the video that blew up and people were saying, hey, are you still doing it? Can you update? And next thing you know, we were consistent with it on YouTube. And next thing you know, we, we have over 230 something plus subscribers, over 20 some plus million views and then three sponsors. And it, it's insane. It all started just facing something that I was afraid of that became a passion of mine. And now that is part of my life. And it, I don't even want to say it's work because either way, I was going to be doing this. Either way, I didn't even tell anybody until 163 days in. It wasn't for people. It was for me. It was a personal thing. Um, and that personal thing um, became bigger than myself. So I knew I wanted to do something that could be a service to people. So letting people know they could do anything they really want to. Um, they just have to be consistent and then stick to it. Yeah, and I can really feel that through your videos. And I'm sure now that you get, a, you get messages now across various yeah. platforms about I'm not motivated or how do uh-huh. I get started with my passion or and yeah. you can add any words you want. Yeah. What's some of the advice that you tell them now? What know your why we hear this all the time. What is your why? My, I wanted for once hold myself accountable. I was just tired of making excuses and I hated that. I would say, I want to go to the gym for the whole week, three days in and I tap out. Mm-hmm. So that was my why I wanted to uh, like make the, uh, prove myself right. Like prom- the promise I made myself, I wanted to prove myself right. Cause I was like, I'm, I'm letting myself down. And I said, how can people trust me? And if I can't trust myself telling myself, I'm going to do something and I don't do it. So I feel uncomfortable about that. You know, you say you can tell people, friends, family, you can always trust me, but I never could trust myself. So how am I going to tell someone they can trust me if I'm letting myself down? So that was my biggest thing. Um, and I said, you know what? I'm going to make sure I run every day for two weeks. And then within that two weeks, literally, um, it felt so, so good. I was so excited and I said, I want to do this for the rest of my life every day. But I said, let me not get ahead of myself. Let's do it for one year. And I didn't even know streaking was a thing. I had no idea people did that. 
Um, and so what I will tell people, know your why. Um, if you have a reason behind it, even days you don't feel like going, you're going to get out there because you are, you have a reason behind it and you have to get out there. And it's not about motivation at that point. It's about being disciplined because you have a reason behind it to get it done. Yeah. And I, I, um, when I hear you trust yourself, I think yeah. that's, I think when we ask, I think that's connected to confidence. Yeah. When we think about how do you become more confident? I think it starts with keeping your own word. Yeah. And I was in the same boat with you with you and not not with the exercising but in other areas yeah. of life with and it, oh, life, yeah yeah so with running how do you what do you advise people to how do you how do you get started running um I, i've made a couple of videos on youtube but my biggest thing is do something that's attainable mm -hmm. because if i were to tell myself in the very beginning i'm gonna run 10 miles a day i don't think it would have uh, been successful and uh, 10 minutes to me at the time even though i'm an athlete 10 minutes I don't run 10 minutes straight if it's not soccer related. So 10 minutes to me was something that I, I can attain. It was attainable. It wasn't out of reach, but it wasn't like, oh, this is a piece of cake either. So do something that's attainable, even if you can run five minutes. Even if it's the five minutes you have to walk every 30 seconds or every one minute, that's fine. Do something that's attainable because eventually those are going to improve because as you stay consistent, your endurance, your stamina, your everything is going to get better and you're going to go longer. So do something that's attainable and then don't worry about any pace or who's watching just you just do you and i feel like when you do that then you find your own true self and then you you carry on it'll be much easier and i'm actually happy for more people who are completing the 365 challenge now than when i initially did it because you hear a lot of excuses oh genetics oh you're the athlete uh no it's anyone that could do it people that never were play sports in their life they're doing this now i make sure i give them shout outs so people know that you can do anything with the right mindset it's not just me is we just have to believe in ourselves and hold ourselves accountable and not making excuses. And um, I tell people it's not even so much about running. The, the beautiful part about this is the same consistency you put on to run every day, no matter what, do that in anything, anything else you want to accomplish in life and watch what happens. And great things are going to happen because that's all it is. Yeah, I, I, I will tell you that one of the biggest, so I, did, I told you, we talked a few days ago or like a week yeah. ago, days ago super uh -huh. fast now. But um, yeah. I told you one of the biggest lessons that I get from running and I did the half marathon for the first time uh -huh. was being able to stick with something that's very boring. Yeah. And because I, I wanted to jump ship and my friend who's now running now, I think he saw some uh -huh. of your videos because I told him I was getting ready to talk to you. Yeah. And he's like, I tried to run for 10 minutes. It's just so boring. <laughs> yeah. And I think, <laughs> you know, for me, it gave me a lesson that not everything in life that you're going to enjoy, but you still have yeah. to do it because it's benefiting exactly. the long run. Yes, yes. So, so my question for you is, what is some unexpected lessons that you've gained from this whole journey of running? My capabilities. Mm -hmm. Man, I did not know I was strong mental, mentally. And you know, when you're young, people always tell you, especially your parents, you can do anything you put your mind to. And they're right. But I feel like I, you really, well, personally, I, I can't speak for everybody. I feel like I really didn't believe it till I put it to the test, you know, because it is true. You, you could do anything you put your mind to, but like, do you really believe that? Cause if you do, you would go do it. And I running every day made me really show, show me how strong I am mentally, how like the willpower, because man, there's been some rough days. There's been days, even yesterday was rough. I was miserable outside for an hour and 40 minutes. My legs were amazing. I was enjoying, enjoying each ride. It was effortless on my legs, but my hands were frozen like an ice cube 
I was in so much pain. I couldn't even enjoy my strides. And the stride was effortless because I, all I could think about is my hands are about to fall off. I don't feel it. Every time I move my arm, it feels like my, my muscles are going to snap. It was just frozen. And I'm just trying to get home. And I get home. It was even worse when it was like warming up. It felt like someone was stabbing me with knife. So the reason I was able to get through it, I was just telling myself, hella, just focus on one mile at a time to get home. Um, doing your best. So it, it shows you your mental toughness. It shows you how we are strong as human beings. Uh, and that's what I would say is the biggest thing for me that um, I learned um, about myself personally, not even the physical aspects. Like I ran 245 miles in one week. Um, I ran 50 plus miles um, uh, in one day. And then I ran 50 miles twice. So one of them was over 50, one of them was 50. It was the power of the, the mind that got me through it. And then before that, I had no experience of it. I didn't know how my body was going to react, but I just believed. And I was like, you know what? I could do it. And that's what comes back to what we talked about, self-confidence, too. So um, I learned a lot about my, my mindset. Um, the mindset is really big. It really is. Yeah, I, I, and I think sometimes you just have to do it and see what happens. Exactly. Just test it out. Yeah, and just see what happens. Because I, I tell you what, early on, I was like, 12 miles is nothing. Or no, wait, it was 10. I was like, it's nothing. Yeah. I could do, you know, I did four earlier in the week. So I was like, what's an extra six miles? Yeah. I got to mile eight. Uh -huh. My legs, I've had one of the most serious cramps <laughs> I've ever had in my life. Uh -huh. But it taught me a lesson, which is preparation and nutrition. So, yeah. so now I kind of want to dive into that. you go back again. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, because um, nutrition for running is a little different than nutrition for weightlifting. So hey, completely. Yes. So I want to hear about your, your, uh, your way toward nutrition. You mentioned your yeah. plant-based diet now. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been vegan for, um, almost five years coming up uh, on 2021, um, early 2021. And I really, I eat intuitively. You don't see me nitpicking. Oh, I got to eat this. I got to eat this. And I feel like that for me, I'm not going to be able to keep up that lifestyle. So I kind of eat what I want, but it's a balance. Um, everything I eat has something beneficial for my body. And I do have my junk vegan food. Like sometimes I want to have my fried foods and I don't keep myself away from it, but I make sure that I'm eating enough. I eat until totally, I don't keep count of my protein or whatever. The only time I focus on calorie, if I'm like running a heavy mile week. So if I'm going out to run the 50 mile, I got to make sure I'm eating, even if I don't feel like I have the appetite because my, I'm burning, we're talking about like 7,000 plus um, total calories. I got to keep eating to replace that in my body. So um, I just, as long as to me, the fact that I'm eating plant-based, I'm getting what I needed, uh, what I need for my body. So when you switched to plant-based, um, mm -hmm. was it, I know you mentioned earlier that you, um, was it physical as well that you noticed the differences as well? Physical immediately. Mm -hmm. It was so fast. And I was so scared going plant-based too, because I was like, what am I going to eat? Um, I, when I went plant, uh, uh, vegan, I was going to a season in Oklahoma City, playing for Oklahoma City uh, Energy. Um, they're in the USL. And I was in preseason with them and um, with the first team. And they're like, we want you back out here to play with the team. Um, we're going to have you play with our, our second team and we'll get you back up. So I went out there to play. And the energy was unreal. It was like my body was just completely in a different state. I went there very heavy, close to like 180, uh, just big and I wasn't like overweight but you can see the difference and then I, I lean up pretty quick I mean obviously soccer will do that for you but um the way I was eating gave me this much energy I used to get kicked out of practice because I was a 90 minute man I played 90 minutes the whole game so there would be practice where the starters and who plays the whole game don't have to stay the whole training after 
a game or a few days before a game, I'm the one who's playing with the second team because I want to play more. And the coach, I've had multiple encounters where a coach is a hell of a stop. He said, I need your leg fresh for the game. I said, coach, I'm fine. Because I had this, just this energy that I couldn't explain. And uh, we hear a lot of teammates since my younger days, college, high school, up until then. They're like, if you don't feel like, if you feel, if you don't feel tired by the end of the game, you didn't leave anything out, everything out on the table. Someone said that speech in our locker room. I said, I disagree. I, I said that. I said, I'm giving everything on the field and I still feel like I have energy. So just because I have energy doesn't mean I didn't give anything on the field because I just felt that good. There's been games I've talked to my roommates. I'm like, honestly, I, we've dominated and I'm flying up and down the, the left wing because I'm a left back. And I'm like, I can play another second game right now. That's how much energy I have. And they see that they saw the energy in me. And then some of them were like, what made you go vegan? I started showing them the documentary. Some of them tried to try it. They're like, well, I need your energy. So that the biggest thing I felt right away was the energy my body was having. And it was just unbelievable. It really was. It was like, I can't explain it. I really can't. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, we all respond so differently to, to, yeah. to different foods and everything. And it, it's totally mm -hmm. like a, I agree. You kind of have to be like a scientist and just experiment. Yeah, exactly. So nutrition is, we're kind of opposite. See, I'm, I'm kind of type A. Uh -huh. I wish I had your personality. <laughs> but I love to keep up with everything. Yeah. I just love it. <laughs> uh -huh. So um, let's talk with recovery because that's a big part as well. So yeah. uh, how's your, how's your, um, how do you go about your recovery? Um, recovery, I'm not like, oh, I have to really sit down for like a few hours for recovery. And it's more like any little time I have. So if I'm watching a TV show or I'm on my phone watching YouTube, I'm using my Theragun or my Hyper Ice massage gun i'm using my recovery boot i'm foam rolling so it's like you take advantage of the little moments that you have and that adds up to the bigger picture to the few hours in a day or i can hang my leg against the wall after a run just to chill on my phone a little bit so it's the little things that you do people because to me I, I to tell you the truth i wouldn't be consistent even though it's weird that i'm consistent running every day i wouldn't be consistent just trying to pick like an hour out of the day just to focus on recovery I knew I wasn't going to be able to keep that up, but I take advantage of every little moment. When I'm sitting around, there's so many idling time we have in a day. Even people who are the busiest, you're going in, there's going to be some idling time. It's what's the priority to you now? What are you going to do within that little idling time? Even if it's just 10 minutes that you have, are you going to spend it with your family and your kids, which is also important? Are you going to spend it on something else that you need to do? So any little time that I have every day, I do something with recovery. And then I'm putting more energy toward it with those little time and focus on it instead of just kind of going through the motion. And it's been amazing. Yeah, it has been. My legs feels great. I haven't, especially this month, I haven't done no less than 12 miles in a day. I bet your whoop data is, is out, out of this world. Yeah, yeah, completely, completely. <laughs> it's always high up. Um, but uh, sometimes also I'm wondering if, if like, if it's, because it's always like shooting like really high. So that is an interesting number to see on whoop. What's the highest you've gotten yours up to? Uh, for the strain, they say you can't get 21. I got to 20.8. Oh, so 21 is like if your heart rate is at a max for 24 hours, which is impossible. Yeah. Um, so they said that is the only way you can get to 21. So the closest I've gotten to was, uh, yeah, at the, the highest. I was really close, but it never happened. So for the strain. That must, that must have been what, like a marathon or something, something crazy like that? Uh, yeah, it was uh, my 52-mile uh, day. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So did you consecutively or did you break that up? I broke, broke it up. 
Yeah. Okay. But um, it, it was breaking up because I would get home. People actually in that video, they're like, oh, that's impossible. How come you have different clothes on? I sweat like it's my job. So <laughs> then I, every time I get an opportunity to come home, so I got to refuel. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not taking water and food with me. I'm not going to carry that while I'm running. So I stop home to change, refuel, eat, and leave. So when I'm home, I'm in a sweaty clothes. I, I get out of it and I put on new clothes. So I was running like eight miles, 11 miles at a time. I get home, quick break, sometimes 30 minutes, not even. Eat, change, get out, and go right back out there. I wasn't coming home, staying, sitting around for two hours and going. If I did that, I wouldn't be able to complete it throughout the time I wanted to. So, um, so the runtime was eight hours and 30 minutes. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I can't carry like water yeah. and food with me when I run. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get so nasty. Like I, I sweat so much. Like it's uncomfortable. Like you, you sweat and then you stop and you gotta start again in your saggy, sweaty clothes. Your compressions, your your shorts, everything is wet. I I, I love that I, I can come home. I start, try to stay around the area after a few miles, come home, just change. I didn't I don't shower. I just change out of it and put on clean, dry clothes. And especially when the time I did it, it was it was around the cooler weather. It was a sunny day, but like I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get hyperthermia. You know, you're so it wasn't all straight, nonstop. It wasn't. All right. So we covered nutrition recovery. So yeah. Let's, let's, let's dive into your training. So when you think about the miles that you're going to run every week, is it something intuitively like your nutrition or do you have a set goal for your miles? Um, in the beginning, I was just running for a few. Like when I started May 15th of 2017, actually fun fact, I started way before that, May 15th, 2017. That's the official date because that's when I started tracking everything with my watch. I started way ahead of that. But if I say, I don't want to say those dates because on the record, what I have proof to show. So I just don't say I started, I started like days before that. Um, so we said officially May 15th, um, 2017. Um, I would just run intuitively. And when I got to January of 2018, like a few months in, I saw my average was hitting five miles a day without even paying attention to it. I would run around and never look at my watch. I get home, I'm surprised. I'm like, whoa, that was three miles. Oh, whoa, that was five miles. Um, so it was just, so the mileage just started stacking up. And I got to a point where, the first year average was um, uh, seven miles, 7.6 miles a day. It just happened to be because I started really building up, especially the last half of that year. I was just, just hammering it, getting into the warmer weather. I was running multiple times in a day. And that was my magic number. I love seven because seven is a number that could really test me, but it can't break me. But it's, it's something that, that feels like it's just perfect for me. Um, it's not easy but it won't be able to break me. And, I, and I'm out there for a good amount of time. So, and the whole year beginning till I got injured a little bit toward July, minimum seven miles a day, minimum before stopping. So I would just keep up with that. And then when I had this little posterior shin in my, so the inner shin, calfish area, um, I started deloading on the mileage. I was still going every day, just put it down. And I started doing, you know what, hell, I'll run into it again. Don't say seven miles. Go out there, whatever your body feels like, do that. And I came back with that mentality, building up my mileage. Confidence got up again. Weekly miles got up again. And I got to a point again where I didn't want to do less than five. So I was doing five, between five and eight a day. And um, this month, I really stepped it up a notch. Uh, Even last month, I was just doing seven on average. And now we're doing 12 miles a day minimum. Some days over 12, I've done 13, 15, but 12 miles a day now. What do you, what's the future hold for you? I, you know, as we go to 2021. Run across the United States. I've been having meetings about it. 
for the last couple of weeks. I had meetings uh, yesterday, today. So to run from Los Angeles, California to New York City, New York. Mm. That's that 2021 goal. From LA to New York. And so mm. how long would that take? That's over 3,100 plus miles. So I just this year, I'm going to run 3,000 miles. I'm on a track to, I should have been over 3,000 miles already if it wasn't an injury. So I'm playing catch up this month. So something that I'm doing in a year, I'm going to try to do it in 100 days or less. So that's, that's going to be heavy miles a day. So we're talking about 40 plus miles a day. Oh, man. Every day, every day to, to make that happen. That's exciting. Yeah. And you, you're going to be running through all different types of weather also. All different. And I'm glad I'm starting in the West Coast when it's freezing here because I'm starting early 2021. So it's going to be warmer. So by the time I make my way to the Midwest, the East Coast, spring is around the corner. So it will be cold. It won't be as freezing um, as it's going to be in the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's an awesome goal. Thank you. I can't wait to, I can't wait to, to follow along. Yeah, I, I'm very excited. And I know it's going to be challenging, but I just, I just like to be out of my comfort zone. I just like to challenge myself. And it's, it's not too much of a personal thing either because I don't need to do it for, for myself anymore. I'm doing it for um, Soul for Soul just to help them. They're helping people have shoes. 300 million kids don't have shoes to wear. So doing it for a nonprofit and then have all the proceeds, that money that we raise along the way, go to them. So it's not about me. Like I, I, I run, even since I started running, even all the races I've done, these marathon, half marathon, 5K, one mile. I did it. People want to see the time, but I also did it for a purpose. I did it for people. Dedicating run races, raising money for something. I don't want to just go and do it because I know it's bigger than me. And if it's just to do it, I, I prove myself I can run every day. So it's not about me anymore. It's bigger than me. So all this journey now, is, it's not just about me. Yeah. It, it makes me feel great, yeah. And I think that's where you, you, you kind of transcend to a different level in your, in yeah. your personal growth. I think at the beginning, it, it's it was all, all personal. Yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. all personal. And then mm-hmm. eventually it becomes bigger. It, yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I can kind of see that evolution there. 100%. Yeah. So what's, what's the meaning of success to you? Um, success is not materials. Success is being able to do the little things for yourself. Uh, because you would, people think success is having that big house, picket fence, that nice car. And if, if for you, that's a goal to get, I go for it 100%. But I realized um, it's not that. I've had some many experience, like when I have something that I really love and, and I'm like, well, if I'm pissed, I'm just going to go enjoy that. And there's been moments when I've been pissed and mad and I go to those things and I'm like, I don't even want this thing. I don't want it. Um, example I keep talking about is um, I drive a Mustang. Um, this is, uh, it's not the, the V8, it's the four cylinder, but this one is like a little souped up from Ford. It's a little quicker and it's, it's my dream car right now. So, um, but a few years ago when I had the first one, I was like, oh, I love this car. I'm obsessed. I finally was able to get my first ever car for myself. That wasn't a lend car to me from a family or a friend. And I was like, I'm, I was happy, anything. And then one day I was really pissed. I want to sit in the car and I'm sitting in it. And I'm like, this is my car that I'm obsessed with. I love like driving it. I love taking videos with it, sharing pictures with friends. And I'm like, I hate this thing. Like, I don't want it. Someone could come take this away from me right now. I don't want it because you're so angry. And that re- right away, the bell rang. I was like, ding, ding, ding. Um, yeah, materials are not going to keep you happy. So at that point, I was like, I'm never depending on materials to keep me happy. So when I'm bringing that example up, so success is when you have those things, it's not about that. It's how you feel internally. Success is being happy. 
And, and that doesn't come from material. It's coming from you finding happiness within yourself. And you can't have happiness from someone else because about what happened on their down day, someone else that you expect to be happy, that's keeping you happy. What, what if, if they're having a bad day and what's going to happen to you now? So it has to be within inside. So success is happiness, eternal happiness. So anything that comes, the, the houses, the cars, those are just icing on the cake. If they're not there, you're so happy. And I think that's success uh, for me. And what's failure? What's that mean? Failure? I don't think there's no such thing as failure. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're always learning. You're always learning. Like you said, when you ran that eight miles, your legs were whatever, it might seem like, oh man, I failed to get to 10 miles or what, what. But guess what? You learn that, okay, I gotta make sure that I train better, I gotta eat better to be able to keep this up. So is it really failure? It's just that you learn. That's how, even life, anyone that's out there, um, I heard this quote from some of the top successful entrepreneurs that have all these big companies. They're like, we, if you were to ask us in the beginning of our journey, what it takes to get there, we don't know. But now we know because we did it. We have the blueprint. So basically you're going to keep failing and that's how you learn to get there. So it's not, it's not failure. It's the state of mind. If you think, oh, I'm failing, I'm failing, then you are failing. But if you think I did fail, I, I, I attempting this, but I didn't really fail my whole life. I failed to get to this, but now I'm using that to get somewhere. So we really don't have anything that's a failure. It's all a learning lesson. We learn. Kids that are learning how to walk, they fall down on their face. They, they don't fail because they keep trying and now we walk. That's what ends up happening. If it's failure to them or if they understand that, that's what it is. Maybe they'll give up and never try walking and they're still crawling right now till this day. And then their bones don't develop, don't get stronger. They, they become who they are crawling on the ground, maybe handicapped if it's not something else. So I think um, failure doesn't exist. And I think we put it upon ourselves to make it a thing that it shouldn't be. It's just a learning curve and learning lessons and find that to evolve to be better. I like that. And so this will be out in January. And January is notorious for people having these, all these resolution goals goals with their health and everything. So what are, what are two to three things that you would offer for advice for someone to actually stick to their goals this year? To actually stick to your goals, I tell you that do something that's attainable, okay? And then do something that you can make it a lifestyle. And I don't like diets. I don't like the word diets because we never stick to it. It's a temporary thing. So if you want to eat healthy, don't go on a crazy diet where like you're dramatically and you become miserable, you don't enjoy the food why don't you make it a, a balance where you can see yourself as a healthy lifestyle? Like when I do these things, I'm like, Oh, I can see myself doing this for forever because I'm, I'm enjoying the healthy part of it, but I'm also getting to loosen up a little bit and I could eat a little less healthy, but it's a balance, you know? So when you go on this journey on these goals, do something that's attainable, do something that's realistic that, you know, that's not going to be temporary. That could be a lifestyle. You make it a lifestyle. If you make it, a temporary thing, a 30-day challenge. What's, what are you going to do after 30 days? So do something that you can do that you can do every day. And it's a lifestyle. And if you miss a day, that is okay because it's a lifestyle. You get right back into your routine. And just like the personal work we have, we go to work every day. There's going to be sick days. There are going to be vacation days. Just because we have six days we don't go in or vacation days we don't go in, we still come back to that lifestyle. We continue. So you're able to kind of be on the lifestyle instead of having these 30 days, five days, first month, whatever. When that ends, you go back to your old habit and everything is basically what you did wasn't really, didn't matter anyway, because it's all gone. So I think something that's attainable, something you can make a lifestyle and don't compare your success to others. 
because everybody has their own time. Everybody's body reacts differently. We all have different body, different mind. So just focus on your own. And then if you see someone else, if you want to compare, use that as a source of motivation. If he can do it, she can do it. I can do it too. Not so much of, oh man, this person is killing it. Why can I not do it? Just focus on your own energy and I think you'll, you'll be fine. Awesome. And so as we get ready to land this ship here, we're going to just do a yeah. few random questions. Uh, the yeah. first one is, what are two to three books that have had a major impact on your life? Ooh, um, uh, The Four Agreements. That's a good book. Miguel Don Ruiz. Yeah, The Four Agreements. Um, I'm going to just say the four real quick. Um, uh, don't take anything personally. Um, do your best, not less or more. Um, be impeccable with your word. And um, what's the, the fourth one? I'm trying to think of the fourth one. Do not make assumption. Yes. Yeah. Um, so those are the four. I, I, after I read that book, I think it really changed my life because we take things personally. Sometimes it has nothing to do with us. Like the biggest example that I love is, um, let's say you get to a car uh, at a light, at a stop, right? And I used to do this. I was guilty of this. You're behind someone. It turns green light. You freak out all of a sudden, hitting your horn, getting pissed. Hey, move. It's green light. You don't know what that person, maybe that person spaced out for a little bit. I Sometimes I'm sitting in front of a green light so my girl tells me, oh, it's green, and then you go. Or like maybe they drop a cup of coffee on their, their lap. Maybe they drop something they're trying to, but we take it personally. It has nothing to do with us, you know? And uh, making assumptions, you assume. The, I think the book example was um, a, a husband comes in from work, he already had a long day, and the wife is having a difficult time at home, but he comes in, he's dealing with his own problem, and then the wife is, uh, like mad because he has no idea what's wrong with her. She's assuming that he should know. We've been together for 20 plus or some plus years. You should know about what's going on with me. And then it becomes a whole fight because you're making assumptions. Um, and then being impeccable with your word, the things that you say to yourself and others is really huge. And uh, doing your best, not less or more, doing your best meaning every day circumstance is different. So my best today was different than yesterday, but I know I'm giving my best within each. I'm not going to be mad that I did better today's run than yesterday. Because yesterday, I really gave my best. My hands were about to fall off. I did my best. So today, I did my best. That wasn't the case. So always doing your best now, less or anymore. So, um, and I think those are the biggest thing. Uh, uh, always do your best. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. And be impeccable with your word. That's my favorite book. Uh, and the, the two books I would say also um, is uh, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Mm -hmm. Not sure if I pronounced the author, author's name well. But basically saying living in the present moment, we can never live in the past or the future. We can use the past to empower us, but don't live in that moment. You can always live now. Like people want to, oh, I want to be, I want to be the fittest person. So when are you going to do that? You can only do it in the present. So get up right now and take care of it. Don't wait till 2021. Even these new goals, start today. It's okay to start today. Why do we have to, tomorrow isn't promise. So that book is very good at letting us know that. And then, um, the third book that I would really say that I really love is um, uh, Think and Grow Rich. Um, think and Grow Rich. It's not just about money. Um, it's the mindset, how you think and how you can grow rich. When you hear rich, people think money, but we're rich in so many ways. So that's, those are my three top books. Yeah, Napoleon, um, Think yeah. and Grow Rich is a very, it's, it's a cornerstone book. It's a foundational yeah. book. Um, I've read Outwitting the Devil of His. I've also uh -huh. read... Um, I think I, this morning I was actually listening to a lecture on, yeah. on discipline from him. So uh, Napoleon Hill's yeah. the man. Yeah. So, okay. The next thing here is um, who's, who's in your all-time musical starting five? 
This can be solo artists. Ooh. This this can be groups. It can be, they can be. Oh different. no! Oh no! <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh man! Wow, that is a tough one that you just hit me with. Um, top five. Top five. Oof. Okay, right, I'm gonna give one African. Um, for sure. Um, I'm going to say Umu Sangare. So Umu Sangare is a, a musician from Mali. She's well known. She's actually in one of our Beyonce's Jay-Z's movie that did. They were using her song and then playing it forever. Uh, it, it's like the song is called Forever, I believe, by Beyonce. She's one of my favorites. She, she's like my, my parents' era. That they like grew up listening. She's still relevant to this day. Um, uh, let's come to the U.S. side a little bit. Man. Some of my favorite, my favorite rapper actually, um, till this day, even though I don't think he's, he's the GOAT, he's my favorite, was T.I. Um, there's just something yeah. that connected me with T.I., his old songs, and I'm always about that. I was a huge fan of his. And, uh, oh, man, this is a tough one. And then, then I, I like the, the old school, like the 2000s, like um, hip-hop and R&B. And that's what I really enjoy. It puts me in this state, this mood. But Afro beats too, you can't go wrong with that. I listen to a lot of Afro beats. So to pick an artist, so I say Umu from Mali, uh, T.I. Uh, man, this is a tough one. Like, oh, you put me in a, in a difficult situation right now. I mean, and that the, 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 the nowadays one, like Drake, you can never go wrong with Drake because he'll hit you with something. Even though he's mentioning people are like, oh, is he a real? I think Drake is like one of the best out there. Uh, wow yeah I'm kind of like uh, uh, my, my mind is kind of like in a blank right now that. <laughs> yeah uh, trying to think give you at least two more two more artists group uh, oh the temptations the temptations okay the temptations I love the temptation I'm a huge fan of them and I, I think I can sing but I can I love their song. There's, they, they, they make songs that you want to sing to. And then actually, I can't forget, I love Whitney Houston. Um, I love Whitney's songs. Uh, and one of my favorite songs of all time is uh, by Whitney. Uh, what's the name of it? I can't think of the name of it right now. Uh, let's see. Uh, is it the, the, the really popular one? No. It's, people really, some people know it, but not many. How is does it, it go? I introduced my best friend to her years ago in college. He's like, why wow, Whitney sings that? Which album was it? Do you know which album? Uh, no, I don't know which album. Uh, oh, man. I'm going to have to let you know on that. Yeah, uh, that okay. Song, but it's, it's a good song, yeah. Okay, all right. So that's, that's, that's a good list. That's a good list. Yeah. And um, I'm going to check out that artist you mentioned. Uh, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't heard of her. So um, I do love Afrobeats. I got introduced to that. Yeah. Maybe a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so Afrobeats um, is a thing, yeah. And then two thousand two thousands rap, like people don't understand yeah. early two thousands rap. Yes. Was where it's at. Yes, I agree. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. With so, your outcasts, with oh man, all so many amazing people out there back yeah, then. They just don't realize these days. Even the two thousands Kanye. Oh man. Like those songs, the Jay Z, the blueprints, the different oh, so many good. good yes, songs indeed. Out there. Yes indeed. Yeah. All right. And so the next thing is, um, pretend you're at a round table. You got three mm-hmm. seats to join you at the round table. You can mm-hmm. offer them a bottle of wine. You can offer them some coffee, some tea, or we can just say, we just need to hydrate and we're all just going to drink water. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. These three people, who would you invite 
and they can be anyone from history. They can be mm-hmm. dead or alive, but the only thing is it has to exclude family and friends. So who would you invite? Okay. Uh, Kobe Bryant. Okay. Huge. I'm a huge Kobe fan. I used to fight people on Facebook on Kobe statuses. I would, if you go back into my Facebook back in the day, I was, I was a kid. I would talk smack about LeBron. I'm a, I was so devastated when I heard uh, he's passing. Definitely Kobe Bryant. Um, and then another one, that legend that passed away. And I thought I was going to meet him, Chad, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. I was so confident. I was like, I'm going to meet him one day in my lifetime. And even going to the SPs when he was there, I was like, I'm going to run into Chad. This is the time. So Kobe Bryant, Chadwick Boseman, uh, 100%. And um, I would have, uh, Frederick Douglass, I would love to meet him just to think what he went through, mm-hmm. you know, during slavery and just to pick out his mind because those are some of the strongest people. Like, how did he survive? Like, all this stuff that he went through. Um, that's three. And how many people you said total? Just three. Just three, yeah. Those three would be yeah. very huge. And then let's do a, a bonus Kevin Hart. Cause I think okay. All right. So, we're, we're bringing, we got an extra seat in yeah. the back we're bringing in. Yeah. Because I would love to just meet him. I think I would laugh so hard and have a good time. And yeah. uh, just enjoy Because he's goofy. And I think life is about not to take, like, you're not supposed to take everything too serious. I think he would be a person to be around just to enjoy yourself. Not be too tense up about everything. Yeah, and those four choices are indicative of, of who you are. And, you know, a lot of times when I ask this question, uh-huh. the people that they choose uh-huh. is often kind of the values that they really embody themselves. So yeah. perseverance. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. Perseverance, running uh-huh. every day. Yeah. Staying consistent. Kobe, yeah. mama mentality. Chad mama mentality. Yeah. Being sick and still acting and persevering. Yeah, helping people. Yeah. Kevin Hart. He did not, he was not an instant success. Yeah, not at all. And Frederick Douglass, you know, he had to learn how to read. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, this question's undefeated in terms of really showing who you are. Thank you. I didn't think about it that way, (laughs) but yeah, for sure. So uh, the last thing here is someone taps you on the shoulder. Maybe Uh, you're midway through your run. Maybe you're in uh, Kansas. I don't know. We'll say you're in Kansas right now. You're uh taking a rest uh break. Someone taps you on the shoulder. They say, hey, you're, you're that hella guy. I love your channel. Um, What are three things that I can do today to become a superhuman entrepreneur? What would you tell them? Stay consistent. That's Mm -hmm. the biggest. Be consistent. Do what you love and don't care what anyone says. So consistency. So I guess in this order, do what you love, be consistent with it, and don't care anyone's opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. Do not care about it, unless if it's positive. If it's negative, throw out the window. Um, Because doing what you love is very important. Running was something I didn't love, but I fell in love with it. And that's the biggest thing because if you really don't love something, you're always going to find something to complain about. You're not going to stay true to yourself about it. And uh, whatever that is, it doesn't have to be running. It could be anything in the world, like music. It could be, if you want to be a podcast, whatever it is. And then staying consistent with it is very important. Find time in a day because you already love it. Even if it's five minutes, it goes a long way. And that consistency is going to bring you to another level and you get better. You become better as a person um, with whatever you're doing, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally. And um, the last one is don't care what anyone says. Don't listen to what anyone has to say because there's so many people out there. And I'm, I'm very confident to share about this too. Even my own, my, I, my sister's going to hate me probably, but I, I tell her that I said this. Even my own sister told me, what are you doing with this stupid YouTube thing? You should get a real job, mm. you know? And uh, I, my, my dad was like, what are you doing on the internet? What are you doing? Like you're, you're, you're age, like you're getting older. You should do something that's legit. So don't listen to what anyone has to say, even if it's your parents, respectively. Um, because at the end of the day, you only have one life. You're the one who's living it. 
don't live someone else's life, someone else's happiness because they think you should do something because at the end of the day, ultimately, it comes down to only that one life that you have. You're not going to get a redo. So, um, and I'm happy I didn't listen to any of my siblings, to my sister, to, to my dad till this day because I love what I'm doing. And then now they're seeing the bigger picture. And she's all about it now, my sister. So I, I make fun of her. Um, but at the time when she said it to me, I was annoyed. But I'm like, whatever, that's how she has to say. Because you get her, you're like, I don't expect this from my own family. You know, I could expect it from someone else who doesn't know me. But um, don't listen to what anyone has to say. And there's going to be people out there um, who's always going to say. I think one of the books I read, it says, like, quote, it says, the dog will always bark. So just keep doing you. Whether they're happy or not, they're going to bark. So, um, yeah, those three are the things that I would tell people. That's a that perfect, person, too. That's yeah. a perfect way to bookmark this conversation. Hello, where can listeners find out more about you? Um, I'm on YouTube as uh, Hello Good. So H-E-L-L-A-H-G-O-D. And I'm on Instagram as Hello Good with the number nine after. And Instagram, Hello Good number nine. Um, I'm active on social media platforms. And, and yeah, I communicate with people as much as I can on my YouTube, Instagram, and on Twitter uh, as well. All right. And I will have all that in the show notes. And until next time, right. people, stay awesome and continue yeah. to be limitless. Peace. Thank you so. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.